Hey guys, welcome back to the Grant Mint Podcast, episode number 51. And thank you so much for making the Grant Mint Podcast a top 25 entrepreneurship and business podcast in over 50 countries all across the world. I appreciate all the support the messages, and all the people that reach out and say such kind things. We're so excited to help make an impact in your life. So in this episode, we're going to be discussing how to read people. No matter what you do, what industry you're in, or what situation of life that you're currently facing, there is almost nothing more important than knowing and understanding how to properly read a person. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to manipulate people. This isn't me saying that you have to try to get them to do certain things. Actually, the exact opposite. You need to learn how to protect yourself, your business, and your family from having the wrong people cross your paths. You have to look at your life, your business, your family, your relationships, your friendships, and you have to look at them and go, how could I create essentially a gatekeeper or a filter to protect the wrong people, customers, situations, and environments from ever entering your presence. You cannot do this if you're clouded by emotion. You cannot do this if someone lies or says something that's not true, but you can't pick up on it because you're not properly trained. Or that you're so trusting that you hope everything is suddenly just going to work out how it's supposed to do and you should just trust everyone until they prove you wrong. The problem with this is bad people and negative people and people with ill intentions are going to cross your path no matter what. You have to look at just a normal day. Think about you crossing thousands of people every single day. Do we think that every single one of those thousand people all want what's best for you? Do you think all thousand of those people would do the perfect thing in every situation? No. Now, do I think most people are great people? Absolutely. And if you're a good person, are you naturally going to attract really high quality people? Absolutely. But we have to know that no matter how good we are and no matter how big we grow our operation, our business, or how successful we become, you also are going to have other people that don't have the right intentions. And if you want to be around quality people and create the level of success that we all want, we have to. To become experts at it. So here's four ways to better do this. Number one, stop trying to control people. When you meet someone for the first time and you peer pressure them to like certain things or to act a certain way, or for example, let's say I'm meeting for the first time someone and I go, well, it's really important that they don't do these things and these things and these things. Do you do these things? If the person did, are they now more inclined to likely lie or to maybe push down the fact that they do actually like those things and they maybe aren't aligned with your integrity or your goals? Instead, when you're meeting people early on for the first time, be more relaxed, be more subtle, be yourself, be kind, be respectful, but let them open up to you. Be open to hearing what they like, what their interests are. And if you sit back and listen enough, People will tell you what they want, what drives them, and what things and and situations that they want to be in. Therefore, they're going to be more open to revealing who they actually are. The biggest mistake people make is they control people and try to put them in this box because they're so scared of being taken advantage of or ending up with the wrong person. 
and they need comfort by being with the right people or getting that hired because they need it and they need them in their workplace. They need that new person. But the problem is they end up getting all of these wrong people out of fear and insecurity. Instead, let people be who they are. There's people that spend years, if not decades, with the wrong people in their environments because they control them and they control them and control them. And any person can act like a certain person or act like they like certain things for six months, two years. Heck, some people do it in marriages for decades until you finally figure out this person is completely different than I thought. Let people be themselves. Number two. Words are only 7% of communication. 93% of communication is actually nonverbal, and it actually comes from people's tone and body language. Meaning, someone could say, get out of here, or they could scream at the top of their lungs and go, get out of here. The exact same words were said, but the tonality was different, therefore creating a different feeling and emotion. Now, this is easy if someone's screaming at you versus someone says, "Uh, get out of here. Obviously, that's clear as day what that person means. But when a person's talking fast and they're more intelligent and maybe they're working harder at showing what they actually mean, this can be extremely confusing. So here's some simple things that you can notice about a person. When a person's typically comfortable with themselves, they're confident, their body language is much more open. Maybe they have their arm up on the, on the couch or on the chair Their legs are more open and they're very open to conversation. They're comfortable in their environment. Have you ever seen someone that's nervous or hesitant? Maybe they're closed off and their eye contact is looking down. Maybe they're on their phone. Maybe they have a hoodie on or they're closed off in a corner. Their legs might be crossed. Maybe they can't look you directly in the eye. This is all common signs of someone either not trusting you, not being comfortable with you, or they're just nervous for whatever reason. These are all red flags. Maybe it's just they need to get more comfortable and you need to kind of warm them up a little bit. Or maybe it's because they have bad intentions. You need to notice when you're communicating with people, and a simple way to do this is, what is the body language of your best and closest and most trusted friends and family members when you're speaking to them? What is someone's body language when they're extremely confident? They kind of sit up taller. They're in a power stance. They speak without hesitancy. They look people in the eye. How do people act when they seem a little sketchy, when they're nervous? Their body language shifts. If we obsess only over people's words, we will have clouded judgment and will likely be wrong 93% of the time. But that's why if you can look someone in the eye, you can feel their presence, you can listen to their tonality and their body language you're going to have a much better chance of knowing this is what this person's feeling at this moment, and you can better react to the situation in a a more clear and decisive way. Three, are you reacting to what they say or what they mean? This was extremely challenging to me early on when I first got into sales. And for you guys that don't know, I run a solar company that's all across the United States, and we do tens of millions of dollars of deals all over the country. And we have sales reps and deals flowing in every single day. And now I teach my team this and our sales leaders this. And when new sales reps come in, they often are confused by this. And I always tell them I felt the same way. I remember when I was a young sales rep and I had very little experience and I felt like I was overall a good people person, but 
when you start talking to someone and y'all relate to each other, they're great people, they're friendly, they're from the same place that you are, this can get extremely confusing because their guard drops. And I remember early on, because I was young and maybe a little less confident than I am now, and I would walk into an appointment and I was super friendly and I was overly giving and you could just tell I was new. I was motivated and I wanted to be successful, but I didn't take control of the room. And early on, I would hear in a lot of my appointments, and this is my first couple months in sales, they would say things like, and how long have y'all been in business? And Grant, remind me, how long have you been doing this? And at first, as naively as I was, I would go, oh, I've, I've been doing this. This is my second month. I just started. Or I would go, um, we've been in business this long. And then they go, oh, oh, okay. And then I would just go back to my normal pitch. And I was like, why am I not closing as much as I should? And I noticed all of my deals were simply coming from, they either just liked me enough that, I don't know, maybe they felt bad or maybe the company was good enough, but it wasn't coming from them truly respecting me. What I didn't understand is why their words said, how long have you been doing this? How long has the company been in business? I was answering to what they were saying, not what they meant. What they meant is you seem like a nice kid, but do you know what the hell you're talking about? Because I'm not going to spend $40,000 on someone just because they're nice and they seem like a good person and they're new and they're fresh out of college and they want to make some money. That's what they meant. So the secret is when you're communicating with people, simply reply to what they mean, not what they say. Now, this is not a one size fits all situation because there's sometimes you need to just be quiet and take note that they mean something different and carry on. But if you're in a negotiation or you're interviewing someone or someone works for you, you need to know what they actually mean. So once I realized this was just simply a credibility issue, I simply just had to put some respect on my name. That's a great question. So I've actually helped tons of people go solar all across the country. Let me show you this quick install map. These are all of my recent installs. I know it's hard to see in your area. We've done about seven in just this square miles of three, four miles. And there's essentially not a question, problem, or situation that I couldn't answer for you or someone on my team could answer for you. So we don't even know if this makes sense. What I'm going to do, guys, is run you through the basics. We're going to put it into our system. And if it works, we'll set you guys up today. And if not, it's no big deal. Does that sound good with you guys? And they'd go, um, yeah, that sounds good. And they're immediately, their body language would change. They would relax more. They'd go, hey, can I get you a drink of water? Hey, can I get you anything? Oh, thank you so much, Grant. They'd start taking notes. Before I knew it, six months, a year passes. I ended up becoming one of the best sales reps that the industry's seen closing at record percentages and ended up building a multi-million dollar company. And the way that these people started treating me was with utmost respect and class. And it was not because I was such a nice person. It was because they started perceiving me as an expert and as someone that actually knew what they were doing. All I had to do is change the way that I carried myself, change the way I walked into the room. And most importantly, by replying to what they actually meant. You have to know that people are always going to tell you what they actually feel, but you have to pay attention to their tone. If someone goes, um, is that, is that right? Okay. That's them not believing you. If they, if you tell them something that you did, that's great or something that your company or you accomplished and they're like, wow, 
That's incredible. How long have you said this? That's unbelievable. That means they respect you. That means they're interested. We have to listen to the signs of the way that people communicate and what they're trying to convey to you. People, unfortunately, are not going to just tell us everything. They're not going to meet you for the first time and say, hey, it's great to meet you. I'm here to take advantage of you and take all your money. They're not going to tell you that. But if they're constantly not looking you in the eye, if they're late, if they're constantly fidgeting and looking at their phone, if they're constantly asking you leading questions to things that have nothing to do with what they need, if there's a deal on the table or for working at that company or working with you or becoming your friend, they likely have alternative motives that could be a detriment to you, your business, or your family. You have to know who you're dealing with. Number four, people will typically always drift towards what drives them. What's interesting is while it can be difficult to read people because they say a lot of different things, and what I've learned is for the most part, unless a person has your full trust and they deserve it, they're your closest confidant, and every word that they say, they follow through with their actions. If it's not that case, words are typically a facade. What I mean by that is people say all types of stuff. In almost every situation, people are going to find ways to make them, their situation, or their decision-making, they're going to make it look better than it was. Now, this doesn't mean they have bad intentions. People just don't want to look bad. They don't want to look dumb, so they're going to make things sound a little bit better than it is. That's okay. But what's interesting is while they'll say all types of things, if you look to what truly drives that individual, they will naturally always go back to that drive. There's one of the most famous TED Talks ever. It was done by Tony Robbins, and it was talking about why people do what they do. And he talked about how there's typically six human needs that every person has, but the difference is which ones they value more than others. I'm going to go through these for you, and we'll leave a link also so you can go check out that TED Talk because it's fantastic. Number one, certainty. Two, variety and change. Three, significance. Four, connection and love. Five, growth. And six, contribution. Now, these are vague statements, obviously, but they are all things that drive all human beings, but people value different things. Let me give you an example. Let's say something crazy happens in the industry and there's tons of disruption and there's all this uncertainty and a lot of companies aren't going to make it, but there's also an opportunity to change everything that you've been doing the entire time. Try a different way. You don't know if it's going to work, but if it does, it could be huge. Now, If you have two people and they're on your team and they're on your sales team per se, or let's say that you work with them as coworkers, one person, nothing that matters more to them than being certain, than knowing that they're going to be okay, meaning that they have have their paycheck every week, that they know that they're going to be taken care of, that they know that nothing's going to happen to their families because they're going to be able to provide for them. And let's say the second person values variety. They value change. They value things on a dime. They were doing this and they got bored doing it. So they shift and they do this. Or they were doing this one week, but this week they're doing this. And now they're so excited for this new challenge. Which person do you think is going to be on board with trying this crazy new venture and this this risky thing that could change their life forever in a beneficial way, but also in a negative way? Obviously, the person that values variety. 
The person that values certainty is going to freak out. They may be emotional. They may be irrational. They may say things that are hurtful. And it's not because they're bad people. It's just simply that they value certainty. Let me give you another example. Many times we assume that just because someone is our friend, that we can automatically trust them more. While we can trust them in certain senses, what's difficult about having close friends or family that you work with, depending on the situation, because sometimes this is incredible, is when we have great friends, we don't always see who they actually are. People, like we talked about, are always going to show their best intentions. They're not going to purposely look bad for no reason. So we actually have a more difficult time seeing what this person is, who they are, and what actually drives them. And we many times don't see their true characters unless you're both back into a corner or there's some type of dispute or there's money on the line and you start seeing their real character. Now, that doesn't mean that every person's bad, but many times people that only care about money or only want to be in charge or obsessed with control, while that seems bad, if we know that that's what drives them and controls them, What's interesting is we can almost trust them more. They go, well, Grant, why would I trust someone that only cares about money? That's a great question. If you know someone only cares about money, then in every single situation that they're going to be in, they're always going to do what makes them money. Now, this could definitely cause you a headache, but this gives you a peace of mind to go, okay, if I were to do this with this person, or I was going to help them with this, or whatever the situation is, you essentially know what that human is going to naturally do in that situation because you know what drives him. If this other person was just as nice as can be and always said the right things, you don't know what the hell they're going to do. And everyone can act a certain way when times are perfect. And if you don't know what drives that person and what truly influences them, then you're going to have a difficult time anticipating what they may do next, what their intentions are, and really ultimately what is the actual integrity and values of this person that you're dealing with. The best thing I could tell you that you can do is start looking at every single person that's really crossed your path that you spend considerable amount of time with, let's say more than a couple hours a week communicating, working with, being friends with, or dating over the last one or two years. I want you to make a list, maybe 20, 30 different people. And I want you to kind of take these six needs and start identifying what did this person value and what was their what was their true driver? For many of us, we have amazing moms. And a lot of times moms are great moms because they keep their kids safe. So many times while our mom is, loves you, while she believes that you can do anything, she just wants you to be safe. So if you ask most moms, not all, because some moms are as adventurous as they come, hey, should I go jump out of a plane tomorrow? I think it's going to help me take to the next level in life and think big. She's going, no, 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 don't do that. People die that way. Be safe. That doesn't mean that she doesn't want you to think big and do fun things. She wants you to survive. She might value certainty. So I want you to think back and go, what did I originally think about this person when I met them for the first time? What did they tell me? What was their body language like? Where were we at? How did I act? And then I want you to assess what they did, how they acted, and what were the results, good or bad, over the course of that year. And what we want to realize is 
Is there any direct correlation to the way that you presented yourself when you met them? How did they view you? And what did you perceive them as? And was that correct or was that wrong? What you can do by analyzing all these situations is one, take inventory of, look, how good am I at actually reading people? But two, you can start noticing where you made mistakes and you can start figuring out, is it me? And am I just portraying myself as too controlling and wanting certain things so people are disguising their true intentions early? Or maybe I'm doing it the right way, but I'm not just picking up the signs that these people are giving me early on. All of these different things give you the data and the information that you need to start simply just paying attention when you're meeting people for the first time. What you have to do is, just in general, where focus goes, energy grows. And so when you start meeting and communicating with people for the first time, simply this week, I just want you to pay attention. Pay attention to their energy, pay attention to their eye contact, and pay attention to their body language and the way that they're reacting to you. Early on when I started Mick Group and we had a ton of success our first six months, we had hired a bunch of people, we were growing fast, and one good sign of a company is when it's growing really well, people will refer other people to come work for the company and that's what happened. It was like everything was going great and nothing could go wrong. But it was interesting because one of the sales reps that had been with us early on had wanted to bring on his friend. His friend had been in a different business. He was very entrepreneurial. And obviously, as a company, we protect our interests. We protect our trade secrets. We protect our partners when it comes to people that that are financial partners as far as doing financing for our solar deals, installation partners that help us on install projects, accounting firms, all these different things that we work with. And that's obviously proprietary to our company. But we have contracts and different things that protect people from stealing those things and hurting the company and its employees. But we got one bad egg that got in. And I noticed something was off about this guy. And my gut said, you know, something's off with this person, Grant. Something's off. And I kept pushing it under the rug because times were good. Next thing you know, a month or two later, he'd been working at the company. I get a call. And one of the people that that does contracting work for us, it's extremely important to our business. That person tried to call him behind our back and cut a deal and steal our business and steal our customers. Thank God I found out earlier. But what I should have done, if I would have picked up on this, these traits and this gut instinct that I had, I would have let that person go immediately. But thank God I had good relationships with our partners and different people that we worked with that I was able to find out early. And I ended up making the decision that if this person had a team of four people and one other person was involved in this, they likely all were. So instead of reading every person and making some crazy decision, I made the gut instinct to say, I'm going to fire all four. And because I did that, I found out not only were they all involved, but they would have implemented probably a million plus dollars in damage to the company that we were able to prevent with only minimal damages. This restored respect, more control and authority into the company, but it also helped us spur an unbelievable run in two years after that moment, growing over 300% and growing and doing deals in over 17 states nationwide. You have to know who you're dealing with. And you're not always going to make the right decision. But here's a key. Create processes and systems and filters that help prevent things from happening. 
For example, when we're onboarding people for the first time, not only is there multiple interviews with multiple different managers and hiring coordinators that are interviewing these people and giving their opinions, but we also have a training and a boot camp that is so difficult that most people cannot even get through it. Look, if you were going to go into a company and you were going to do something damaging and you had to go through hell for two weeks to master everything, be on time, know every word, every detail, everything that you could possibly imagine, you would probably go, you know what? Forget about it. I don't even want to deal with this. This is just too much. And so we've set up so many filters and processes that help eliminate the wrong people from entering the company. And so it's helped us so much on protecting the security and integrity of the company and its organizations. You have to look at every ounce of your life like this. You don't want to spend two years in a relationship with the wrong person when you didn't even notice that they had completely different intentions than you had the entire time. This doesn't mean that they're bad people. It just maybe means that your values don't align. It's important to know who you're dealing with. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. As always, if you enjoy it, make sure to follow me on Spotify so you can get updates and also subscribe to my YouTube channel as well as check me out on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter at Grant Mitt. As always, thank you guys so much for the love and support. I hope you have an incredible week and I will see you guys again for episode 52. Thank you guys.